I'm Nate Baylor. I'm Caleb Houston. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Minimal Filter. Minimal Filter. Minimal Filter. Ladies and gentlemen, today's interview will not be like the ones we've done before. Instead, as Bell Let's Talk Day is right around the corner, we have a very special guest. Joining us today is co-founder of both Mindful Athletics, which is where we met, as well as Hone Athletics, Jessica Rennie. Jessica, first off, we just want to thank you for coming on. Mental health is something Nathan and I believe is one of the most important aspects of not just a young adult's life, but really everyone's. And we're more than excited to have this conversation about it with you. We'll start off with just tell us about Hone Athletics. What's it all about? What are you hoping to achieve? And what are your goals with Hone Athletics? Yeah, awesome. I'm so thrilled to be here with the both of you. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, so so Hone really started from Mindful where, yeah, we all met. Um, and Paula says hello to the both of you. Awesome, yeah. Um, but Mindful started where, you know, we, we were doing in-person psychotherapy with with um, teams or with uh, students and having conversations about mental health. We, Paul and I both really saw an, uh, a need for uh, athletes to be having these conversations. And it was such an underserved population, um, as I'm sure you both can kind of attest to when, mm-hmm. you know, athletes weren't necessarily 10 years ago, having conversations about mental health and having conversations about wellness. Um, so when we came out to your guys' school, which was peak at the time, um, we, we saw, you know, such an incredible opportunity to be having these conversations. Um, and did that just kind of transpired, um, past peak and really transformed into hone. Um, and what hone is, is hone is a digital platform, um, that allows, you know, athletes to track and record how they're doing from a mental health perspective and anonymously pushes those results to coaches. So now coaches have a better understanding of how his or her team is doing from a mental health kind of um, approach and can take that into consideration when they're when they're developing their coaching plans or um, how they're interacting with their team. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember during peak, I guess we were probably 13, 14 years old. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was like the kind of my first time kind of in that environment of mental health coaching and like like when you had when you, you and Paula would come. Um, and it's, it was amazing. So I'm really glad that you've expanded in the, in the last eight, nine years to, to what you are now with Hone. That's awesome. Yeah. And for me, like that was my introduction to basically mental health and like the ability to talk to someone or like the ability to just kind of understand how you're feeling. Like up until that point, I had never been through anything like that or been told like, you know, you're allowed to talk about this. I mean, it's normal to feel this certain way, but we were privileged enough to, be a part of that program and through you guys and through mindful athletics, we were given that exposure at such a young age. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been able to deal with certain things. Well, because we started off young and we were able to understand at a young age. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Like that's, and that's what this is all about, right. Is, you know, making sure that we're getting and and having conversations um, with individuals at an early age to be talking about mental health, talking about how, you know, we talk about this, um, as we do physical health, you know, it's, it's on the, it's along the same line. So, um, it was such a cool experience for us because obviously it catapulted and springboarded us into a, a vertical and a business that quite frankly, didn't exist, Mm -hmm. um, at that time. 
um, and then kind of transformed into something that is pretty cool today, which is home. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, that's awesome. Um, we'll kind of just like start jumping in right into our questions. Yeah. Um, so what is the largest problem that you find young athletes are facing nowadays? Or I mean, yes, you could even take out the athlete part and simply say like the younger generation is facing nowadays yeah. in regards to mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and I want to stick with the athlete part because I think, um, that's where I'm really well-versed. That's where that's my expertise. That's what I know. Um, and I think COVID has really taught us a lot in the last two years. Um, and you know, we, when in using the hone app, so hone measures six different stressors that we know athletes struggle with, um, when it comes to their mental health. So Paula and I, as we launched this, we, we suspected we would see, um, disconnection really low and we would see relationships really low. Um, and what we saw was the total opposite. We saw fatigue really low. Um, and we saw, um, uh, sorry, fatigue and, um, not just, I can't remember the other one is, but, uh, you know, I think it, it really speaks to the fact that you know, we can't make assumptions for people that, you know, we have to be asking people, you know, what's going on for them and, and how they're doing. And I was talking to a coach just a couple of weeks ago and he said, you know what, I was sold based on the fact that I thought I knew what these kids were experiencing. Um, and if it wasn't for home, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have had any idea. Um, so I think a, a lot of coaches would have, would have assumed that kids were not feeling fatigued, that they were not practicing, they were not going to school, you know, so what would they be tired from? Um, you know, the psychological fatigue, the zoom calls, the grind fatigue. Um, I think that really provided a lot of insight. Um, and the other one is pressure actually believe it or not. Um, and again, coaches were like pressure, like what kind of pressure? Um, and I think, you know, the ambiguity of the last two years, not knowing what the hell is going on and where are we going to be? And like, where am I going to play next year? Um, just the, that piece of, of kind of not knowing again is, is, has really played into the athlete psyche. Um, and without having that anonymous tool to report, we wouldn't have known. So really Nathan, like, I think, we thought we would see something and the athletes were telling us something totally different. Yeah. And I mean, that's a thing. I mean, you could look at it in a broader sense, but like everyone's mental health issues are going to be different. And you can think someone's struggling with a certain aspect and you could be entirely wrong. Like you said, in that assumption. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and like when it comes to the, the sporting culture and the sporting environment, we need to do a better job of co-creating. And we, we kind of, do this and you guys can attest to this as high level hockey players you know you, there's this top-down approach where people around you think they know what's best for you when in reality you need to have a voice in that journey as well absolutely and like it is it is so true how in the last two years during covid there's been so many like back and forth and ups and downs where and it's almost like everyone has felt in some way shape or form almost every little ounce of like possible stressors or anxiety or feeling pressure. Like everyone's felt something different that they haven't felt in the last two years. And really? I kind of want to go back to the last 10 years quickly here, but mm. like, what do you think in the last 10 years, the biggest difference is in regards to mental health. And yeah. I, I kind of mentioned right after it, where 
I believe that social media has had a huge impact, especially in the last 10 years, because even eight, nine years ago when we were in peak athletics, we had cell phones, but there wasn't near the reach it has. Twitter was out there, but it isn't as crazy as it is now. Instagram, Snapchat, all these social media platforms. That's what I think when I obviously ask myself that question. But what do you think the biggest impact in the last 10 years on mental health? Like the biggest shift or the biggest change? has been? Yeah, like the biggest shift in the last 10 years. Honestly, Kale, I think like your generation is demanding mental wellness as mm-hmm. a part of the conversation. And I think it's incredible. And I think I, and I see that, you know, leaders or people in power are traditionally not in your generation. Um, so there's a bit of a disconnect happening when it comes to kind of professionally or, um, you know, how you guys, how you work. So I, I actually think that's where I've seen the disconnect in, in terms of mental health is as, as your generation comes into the workforce, I, I see kind of sometimes leaders are like, what, like mental health, mental wellness, like push through, like play through or whatever. And, and, and I, I think it's, a, I think it's an amazing thing that, you know, you, you people and you guys are really requiring it to be a part of, you know, how you work, how you play, however you want to kind of cut it. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's where I've really seen kind of the biggest shift is, is really, you know, as, as you guys come up and you guys come into the workforce, you're, you're making it, you're making it, it be something that like you, you require to exist, right? Yeah, which, absolutely. which is incredible and amazing. And, and like, I can't even believe that we're having like, that I have to even say that, like, it's insane to me that I have to even say like, well, you know, your generation is really pushing that needle um, in, in terms of that, but that's the reality of it. I, you know, it's, it, it has been such a stigmatized conversation yeah. for now. And that, that actually answered my question. I was going to say like the previous generation, like you say that ours is kind of demanding to be able to talk about this and like be catered to this in a way, but like, do you believe like the stigma with private with prior generations like that's kind of do you think that's the main barrier that people face in regards to like getting the help they need or like understanding other people's or do you think there might be another barrier um that people face i think that gets mostly stigma nathan for sure i think like yeah i mean i'm a i'm a this is what i do i'm a therapist i'm uh whatever and there's people in my life who you know it 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 still is something that they feel ashamed of talking about or coming forward about. So I I think, unfortunately, and I don't know where we went wrong. I don't know how we, there was, there became such a disconnect between physical health and mental health. I I don't like, yeah. How can we talk about breaking a leg, but we can't talk about having depression? Like, why Mm. is that? Why, why does that? why, Why? Why is it a thing? Yeah. And for, I think a lot of it also, I think it's also, you could say there are going to be an argument made that it's worse within sports too, because, you know, you're supposed to be that tough athlete who, you know, yeah. pushes through those things. But in the reality, like you're dealing with the things a regular, like I'll throw back to like being in high school. Like I was dealing with the same thing a regular teenager was, but at the same time I had this internal pressure that I put on myself to perform in hockey, like yeah. my internal pressure for school and like all those different things, you know, they just pile up. And I felt like until there was an ability for me to release and talk about it, like 
I was to a point where like it had built up with inside me. And mm-hmm. once I was finally able to like, like I said, release and talk about it. I mean, it was like genuinely like weight off my shoulders. And yeah. I think as long as like young teenagers, young adults, I mean, really anyone, like when they start feeling this pressure add up, I do feel like, like just being able to talk about it, like, you know, it's the most basic thing. Everyone talks about mental health. Like they say, they say, just talk to someone about it, but it genuinely, for me, it did make a huge difference. And I know a lot of people, it did the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was honestly going to say the exact same thing about how I think like where kind of where it all went wrong was just our, I guess, Nathan and I's generation. We grew up in hockey with coaches who, when they grew up, there was nothing about mental health. It was always just that be a man thing. If you got hurt physically, don't show it and don't you dare show it on the inside either if you're hurting on the inside. And it's, it's one of those things too, where now that we're growing up the last probably six, seven years, even my coaches and my mentors, they've all been younger. When I was seven, eight years old, it was always yeah, totally. 50 year old men, 55 year old men. And now as I get older, the coaching gets younger and they all know, cause they've been through the same thing. So it's almost mm-hmm. like we're all kind of connecting in that same age group where we're like yeah. minimizing the gap of the rights and the wrongs about showing mental health. And totally. yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's nice being able to talk about it, whether it's to yeah. a professional where you can get it all out, or even just talking to a buddy or a roommate yeah. like Nathan, just talking about it, I think is so yeah. important. And I'm, I'm so glad that obviously, yes, there's still a large amount of stigma behind it. And there's still so many young athletes, young adults, even like seniors and, and older age people who just do not talk about it. And it's, it was hard. It was, it was, it was hard to start talking about it. Like I said, cause I grew up kind of thinking it wasn't okay. Yeah. But once I heard from a lot of people older than me and my mentors say yeah. it was okay, then now yeah. it's, it's easier for me now to talk about knowing that a lot of people have. So. Totally. And can awesome. you imagine if a coach talked about it? Can you imagine yeah. if, if like the leader of your team, you're, you're like, if he or she was talking about how this is an important piece of you, like Mm -hmm. that would have been like monumental. And that's why I think it's good that like, it seems at least to me that coaches and mentors of young athletes are even like, they're getting younger. So they're able to open up because they've been through it as well. Um, And yeah, you don't see even like in the NHL, all those hard ass coaches, they're getting fired or there's stuff coming up from 12 years ago that they said, and 12 years ago, it was okay but it's not in today's day and age. And, you know, it's like you say it once, you'll say it again. So they're getting fired for stuff. They said 12 years ago, which some people think yeah. it's stupid. It makes no sense, but it's, it's all in regards to mental health. And it's important totally. that you make sure that you cover that when you can. And treating people with respect and yeah. kindness. Absolutely. Right? Like I, I don't, I don't ever think there's a, um, a time frame on that or like, that's just something that sport, non-sport, you know, we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if we, if we operate that way and if we treat people with kindness and treat people with respect, then we're always taking into consideration people's wellness. Yeah. Yeah. Especially nowadays, like with COVID, I mean, we, you can speak, you talk probably hours and days on like the effects that COVID has had on mental health, but you don't know like what a person gone through. You don't know if they lost a job. You don't know if they lost a family member. You don't know what happened throughout those times. And like, I think the, like you said, the only thing like we can do to one another is to be nice and be kind to one another. Totally. Absolutely. Um, 
So we'll kind of shift to an event that occurred a couple of weeks ago now um, mm-hmm. with Antonio Brown and his outburst on the sideline when his team was playing in New York. Mm-hmm. Obviously with him, um, there's a pattern of emotional outbursts and one could argue immaturity okay. uh, with some of his actions, but there have been a lot of people coming to his defense that he has experienced multiple concussions during mm-hmm. his playing days and that he's experiencing the effects of CTE and not dealing with them. Right. So my question for you is, do you believe that CTE and the effects of concussions can cause outbursts like that? And if so, how does one address these issues and treat them? Yeah. So again, disclaimer, not a expert in concussions <laughs> um, <laughs> at all. Yes. So I think um, the first part of your question, Kale, was, you know, emotional outbursts and potential immaturity or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I think, you know, people tend to focus on symptoms. We tend to focus on like the behavior, right. And what we see, because, you know, when, um, we you know when, it, when there's a, when Fox is broadcasting a, a football game, that's what we see. Um, we don't see the other stuff. Um, so I always, you know, I'm always really careful and always, um, encouraging people to think about like, that's just the symptom of, of something else. Um, and who knows what it is for Antonio Brown, right? Um, could it be, um, trauma? Could it be CTE? Could it be, um, other things? You know, we, we don't know. Um, however, I do know that, you know, when your brain has been impacted or, you know, yeah, when it's been impacted, like, emotionally and physically when something, when you, when you have had a head injury, of course it impacts, mm-hmm. um, how you go about life and how you right. do things. Um, and, and I think, I don't know if you, either of you have been concussed or had concussions, but, um, I think any sort of, um, neurological kind of impact or neurological difference. And, and I've had my own neurological kind of trauma happen and yeah, absolutely. It impacts how, you know, I behave or how I go through life. So how could it not for Antonio Brown? Yeah, absolutely. I, you asked if either of us had, I've experienced yeah. many, I've, I think I've had five major ones and then I had a very bad one in grade 12, which took five ish or well, more than five months to recover from. And really? I unfortunately dealt with all like the negative side effects that came along with it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, it's one of those things where I, I said earlier, like it piled on, but for this, like, I didn't think I was ever going to be the same person I was before my concussion. Like I was worried I wasn't going to be like as good with school. I was worried I wasn't going to be as good of a hockey player as I once was. And I think you just kind of, the best thing for me was to open up to people. And that's kind of exactly what I did. Hmm. And I mean, CTE, like you said, like it, it genuinely does like a concussion does change the chemical um, mm-hmm. balance in your brains and it can change you as a person. But I think the main thing for me is like, I was self-aware of the changes that had occurred. Um, there were times when I was definitely a lot short tempered. Um, there were times when I would have outbursts when in the past, I don't think I'd ever gotten mad. I think the only times I'd ever gotten mad when I was younger would like probably just be on the ice or playing street hockey against some little shit in the middle of the street mm-hmm. or something like that. That's yeah. the only times I ever had like sort of any type of outbursts, but, um, as one who experienced concussions, I can attest to the fact that yes, it does change. But the reality is, is that no matter what you think, or no matter if you feel like you're alone, like you can reach out to anyone around you who cares about you. And I can almost guarantee you to anyone who's listening or anyone who might know anyone. I mean, 
-hmm. you can, you can help yourself by talking to others. So. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so on Nathan and I's Instagram, which is one of our most, like our, our biggest kind of following that we have. I went um, on your Instagram today, boys. Did you like it? Yeah. Oh God. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't see any of the bad things. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, but we actually, some, I don't, maybe you saw the poll we put out, but we put out a poll, um, yeah. on our story, just kind of seeing if anyone had any questions they might want us to ask you. Okay. Cause we kind of mentioned we were coming on, yeah. um, that we had a special interview lined up. Yeah. And so three replies that we got, yeah. um, that were all kind of on the same thing. It was about seasonal depression mm. and I'm not mean to put you on the spot at all, but as it's getting colder and it's winter and the days are getting gloomy and shorter. Yeah. Do you have any tips of how to deal with, and I mean, like cope with seasonal depression? Yeah. So the best part of this question is that you're like, I'm not going to need to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had to, I had to mention it at least. I don't want to feel as bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. It's so hard kill because okay. Well, it's so hard for me to talk about seasonal depression without talking about COVID right now. Like the world yeah. is just, like the last two years, I don't even know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think, you know, with, with, so if we're taking that out of the equation and we're looking at like pure seasonal depression, right. um, we know that phototherapy is like insane, amazing for seasonal mm -hmm. depression. So, okay. um, those certain types, types of lights, phototherapy lights, lights, I think it's 20 minutes a day or maybe 10 now, depending on the kind of bulb that you um, but that is an amazing thing. That's very, very helpful. Um, I have a lot of friends in the morning, 10 minutes, just put it by your computer, have it beam on you. Um, and it really, really makes a difference. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that's a really good one. The other one is, I know it's cold in Calgary. Um, <laughs> yeah, but getting outside, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people that think that nature is in just like the best form of medicine. And I would be one of those people. I, I would totally agree. Um, just being outside, um, being with other, you know, getting away from kind of the concrete or houses and getting into whether it's Kananaskis or um, Banff or Bright Creek or whatever, just getting out in nature, um, I think is one of the most powerful um, healing tools we have that is free, right? Yeah, like, no, that's awesome. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny you mentioned like Kananaskis and stuff. Cause like I've lived in yeah. and around Calgary my whole entire life, yeah. minus like one or two years when I was out playing hockey, but I have not taken advantage of I Banff know. or Canmore or I the know. Hills and Hikes. And it's, I feel so guilty because when people from out and about yeah. come here, people drive 20 hours or they fly from other countries just to see the mountains. And it's literally in our backyard. Yeah. So Luckily, a lot of our followers are from Calgary and area. So yeah. hearing that, hopefully if they're dealing yeah. with seasonal depression and it's not minus 40, like it probably will be in a couple of weeks that they'll <laughs> take the yeah. weekend and just go, go for a hike, yeah. go enjoy nature. I was, totally. I was yeah. actually in a class last semester, um, for a health and physical uh, health and physical education class. And it was online kind of learning, but every three weeks we would go on Friday as a class and we'd go on like a. 10 hour hike. No and way. It was, it was the best thing ever. Cause That's awesome. I did have other classes on that Friday, but the professors would talk amongst each other and make sure yeah. that we'd catch up some other way. Uh, but so if I didn't have time on the weekend, or if I didn't have time on a Tuesday, cause other classes every 
third Friday, we go out to awesome. I think upper late Kananaskis or something. And we did a couple other hikes and it was, it was long 10 hours, but when you come back, you don't realize how awesome it is just to be outside for that long. And you only drive 45 minutes and you're there. So it's perfect. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would concur. I do not take advantage of it enough. <laughs> Um, and every time I drive through, I'm like, Oh my God, it's only 45 minutes away. Yeah. It's yeah, great. Like, exactly. I think it's so yeah. far away. I know. Cause when I think of the mountains, I think yeah. of like, can or not Canmore, so like Cranbrook or like Sycamus or somewhere <laughs> far, but literally you drive 45 minutes down number one and you're in the mountains. So yeah. 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 One of my favorite parts that you just said is you, you go, it was one of my favorite things was doing that 10 hour hike, but you would come back and just complain Yeah, the yeah. whole night. You'd come back to the apartment and just complain about how the, long it was. The next day I felt a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have like w- kind of one more main question we yeah. wanted to ask you, um, that we got asked through our Instagram poll, but, um, what are this, what are some of the signs or symptoms that someone should kind of watch for that may indicate that someone around them is kind of going through a mental illness? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, we need to be, regardless of mental illness or or not, we need to be being mindful of people's mental health, like, regardless of if it's their diagnosis, something or not, I think, you know, we need to be just like, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling? Um, How, you know, I, I don't think it takes a mental illness or a mental um, sort of struggle to pay attention to someone's mental health. Um, but I, I'm mindful that, you know, what are some of the signs and what are some of the, you know, the symptoms of someone experiencing something. And I think I, I see this time and time again, and, and I even know it for myself when I'm feeling super anxious or feeling maybe depressed, um, I start to withdraw right? Like, so you start to pull back. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know for me and my friends could attest to this, that that's probably the number one sign for me that like, okay, like there's some, there's some stuff happening or there's some turmoil happening in my life. So I don't know if there's like a one tail sign, Nathan, I think it's like, you kind of got to be in tune with like what your pattern is. Like what it, what it, what is like, if I were to say, and you don't have to answer this, but if I were to say like, you know, what is the first thing that I would notice as your really good friend, if you're struggling? Yeah, you know? right. and, and, yeah, absolutely. And, and you identifying what that is and then that person knowing. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think, I mean, it's one of those things that we go back, we can go back to the beginning when we said it's different for everyone, right? Like someone yeah. who's, someone who's an introvert and like naturally just likes being alone and naturally doesn't really talk to many people like that you're going to, they're going to be quiet regardless. But if you're, if you notice someone who's usually, you know, always talking, you know, always in your face, and then all of a sudden for like a week or so, they're just not, then that's kind of, that could be a telltale sign. Right. So totally, totally. And I think like, I, I do think we should be having the conversations with our buddies and with our friends about like, um, you know, when, when I am, I've noticed myself, like when I am experiencing some turmoil and, you know, maybe I don't struggle with a mental health concern, but I certainly know what anxiety feels like. I know what depression feels like. I know what, like all that stuff feels like. Um, so, you know, I've, I've had friends come up to me and say, we're noticing you withdraw. Like, are, how's it going? Are things, you know, how are you doing? Um, so I think it's a, I think it's super personal. I think it depends. Um, but I think it's a really good idea 
to identify and check in with yourself around what your patterns are. Right. Yeah. I think that with that, and it's kind of, again, related to stigma is that some people might take offense, right? If, if someone asks you, so that's, that might be, I think one of the problems why it's, it is hard too. Cause let's say one day I'm just tired and didn't sleep enough. And mm-hmm. someone comes up to me and says, Oh, you're, yeah. are you okay? And I just lose my mind. I'm just tired. You know, you never know how people could react. It's I think why some people might kind of refrain from asking, but it is also, like you said, like I have no issues with people coming up to me. I have no problems with asking people that question. It all depends, yeah. but and it's like length of time, right? Like that's yeah. why I always think the, the difference is, is like one off. So be it right. We all have shitty days or we exactly. all have whatever. Like if something's happening chronically or over like a two, three week period of time, that's when I'll start to kind of check in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this next question I'm going to ask, yeah. I feel like if I was to ask somebody who wasn't a professional, they would just mm-hmm. say, Oh, sleep it off or go get okay. some sunshine. But what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody in early stages of depression? Oh, sorry, depression mm-hmm. or experiencing like high levels of anxiety. What's the mm-hmm. one, I mean, it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. run it down to just one piece of advice, but if you can yeah. just kind of like the biggest thing that you would tell someone or piece of advice. I think it would be, you'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't, I don't know that whenever I, I meet someone and whenever, or one of my clients is like experiencing something, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a time of you should do this, this, and this, and on Monday you should do this and Tuesday, this, it's just like, yeah, like that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, I get it. Um, and I think when we join people, when we, you know, when we really validate people, that starts to shift people, you know? And, and I think that there's this kind of mirage that therapists are these really fancy people who do all these fancy tricks. And the reality is, is we don't, mm-hmm. um, we, well, the good ones anyways, they, <laughs> they, they really just like sit with that person and hold space mm-hmm. and, and really validate them and, 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 and give them the confidence that they need to figure things out. Right. Like it's not me telling you, Nathan, what you need to do would make no sense. I don't know. I don't know what you need me, me sitting beside you and and saying like, we got this, like, we're going to do this. That's what we need to do rather than me telling you what we need to do. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I like, there's, there really is no, like, obviously there's no magic trick or like, you know, magic seed to be able to get through something, but I think the line you'll be okay. And like the people around you are there, there for you, no matter what, I think those are two things that you can take with you. Absolutely. And like, again, with the whole, you'll be okay. I'm not trying to get personal, but a couple of years ago I was in a a tough spot. And once I got over it through help, I nowadays, when I am going through like a tough time, I do literally tell myself, you've been through something like this before you came back from it. You'll be okay. And that, like, we actually, we got asked a question a week ago when one of Nathan and I's other kind of segments for our podcast about like, mm-hmm. like, what's one thing that motivates you or one thing you tell yourself throughout the day to like, make sure you get to the night and just, just keep motivated the whole day. And it is quite literally like those, those words, you'll be okay. Yep. And if, if I'm stressed for a test, well, the next day after I write the test, it's over and done with it's in the past. I'm fine. I survived after 
a whole month of stressing over something after that passes, hopefully if, if it's just those 30 days or that month, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. It's everything that's in the past has already happened in my mind. Exactly. And I, I you have the skills. You have the skills you need yeah. to manage what's gonna come to you. It's almost like yeah. trial and error. Like yeah. now that I'm 21 years old, I've I've been through a lot, obviously not as as much as some people have or more than some people have too. I'm but yeah, just the whole entire I've I know how to deal with certain things now when they happen. And yeah. luckily I do because I reached out for help. Yeah. when I was going through those really, really dark days. And yeah. again, that's, that's why I think it's so important to reach yeah. out, especially when you're younger. Cause totally. if I was to reach out now, I'm 21 yeah. and there could have been, there could be eight years of backlog of yeah. just stuff in my head that was eaten away. But I, when I was like, like I said, back when we were 13, 14, when you and Paula came with Topeka athletics, like it was, yeah. it was amazing. That's why I'm glad that yeah. You've expanded to hone now in the past eight years. It's awesome. I can't believe you guys are 21. You're honestly. I know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it is crazy thinking back to those days though in peak. Like we were, were 13, 14. Yeah. And it feels like it was three or four years ago. It's ridiculous. And I married your grade eight teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that day too. And when we, he told us, he's like, guys, we're getting he, married. <laughs> I remember the day he told us that because he wouldn't tell us who he was dating. And then I remember <laughs> he told us on a bus ride back and all of us went berserk yeah. on the bus, started banging the windows <laughs> and the roof and stuff. It was, it was so funny because he was trying to keep it as professional as he could. And well, he yeah. didn't want us like knowing when you Real guys would come next. Real yeah, professional. very professional. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll begin to wrap up here. So our yeah. episode's going to get released um, tomorrow night, right before, right on the eve of Bell Let's Talk Day. So my yeah. final question for you is what does Bell Let's Talk Day mean to you? So this is my favorite question that you guys um, have asked. Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because I want you to keep asking people what something means to them. Um, okay. I always get asked like, like, you know, why does this matter or what is it? But not often do I get asked like, why does this resonate with me? Um, so kudos to you guys. It's an amazing, amazing thing when you're asking people why. Um, and I think two things come up for me. The first is um, just obviously awareness. They've done such an incredible job of, you know, making it something that um, we see that's visible. Um, you know, mental health often, always, we don't see it, right? Like we can't identify it. When someone breaks their leg, we see they break their leg. When someone is struggling with depression, you know, we can't see it. It's, it's really hard to kind of identify it. And I think what Bell Let's Talk has done is they've elevated it and raised that awareness and combated that stigma. Um, what I will say is what I want to see next is Bell Let's Do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> let's yeah. start like, it right now. Hashtag Bell Let's Do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or Home Let's Do. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> because I, I think there's, that's great. It always starts with awareness, but I think we've been raising awareness now for 10 years and we need to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, OHL, I want to know what you're doing. Western hockey league. I want to know what you're doing. Golf Canada. I want to know what you're doing. Um, soccer Ontario. I want to know what you're doing. Um, and I'm saying those people because a lot of them use home. So I'm right. not like calling yeah. them out, but, uh -huh. um, I do think, you know, we need to start putting, um, we need to start demanding, right? Like we need to start saying, okay, like, great. Like we know the issue now we want to know what you're doing about it. Um, so that's the professional kind of scope for me. Um, the personal one is a couple of years ago, 
maybe three or four years ago, you know, when Bell Lost Talk was happening, I have a really close friend who really um, works so hard on her mental health. And, and um, it, it just kind of hit me that day that, you know, there's, there's people out there who are grinding every single day mm-hmm. to, to maintain and manage their mental health. And, um, and it, I felt sheepish. I texted her and I felt sheepish that like, Oh, on this day, I'm te- like this one day out of 365 days and texting you and just saying like, you know, like I, I want to honor you um, and how hard you work. And, and I think we need more of that. I think we need more people acknowledging and recognizing and leaning in to um, other people's mental health, because that's how we shift this. Um, it's not just about, you know, making sure we have the tips and tools to manage ourselves, but it's also making sure that we're checking with other people. We're creating cultures of wellness um, in addition to kind of individual well- wellness. So um, I, I, I hope that, or what, you know, I, what it means to me is it's also a day of reflection for me on all those people in my life who are just grinding and battling and succeeding and failing and all of those things, just honoring, honoring people's mental health. I think it's an incredible thing. Right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And I, I do, I do really like the whole thing you said where I guess hone let's do oh. instead of just talk because mm-hmm. it, it almost seems like every time there's a, a day for awareness that it's only that day. And it, it, it almost kind of bugs me because mm-hmm. mental health is such a massive, massive thing in everyone's life. And it almost seems kind of not, I don't know. It just, it almost doesn't seem right that it's just the one day out of every single year. It's even just like a whole month. It should, it just should be known just this whole mental health, just get rid of the stigma. Don't just talk about this one day actually do. And it's almost, again, like you said, it's been long enough now when Bell Let's Talk came out where it should be more than just the one day a year. It should be all time. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite tweets, and I think I retweeted it last year on Bell Let's Talk Day. And it said, thank you, Bell, for like raising awareness for mental health, but mental health is not a one day a year thing. It's a 365 day. So let's make sure we're checking in on everyone throughout the entire year. And that was one of my favorite tweets I think I've ever read. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, they've, I don't want to negate the incredible job they've done, which is Mm -hmm. raising awareness, but um, as we progress and as we kind of move forward, like let's start making shit happen. Yeah. Let's yeah. keep, let's just keep getting better, right. Keep getting yeah. better as individuals. But like you said, let's build a culture with one another where we can talk about yeah. anything and everything. So yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. that wraps it up. Uh, thank you so much, Jessica. That was far beyond what we needed or expected at all. Yeah, so no, thank you. Perfect. And honestly, let's start that whole, let's do hashtag. Let's do Wait. Let's when we post it. this, we'll we'll make the hashtag hone let's do. Let's do. We'll make, we'll make sure it gets it gets spread out there. So awesome. But yeah, again, I really appreciate it. And like I'm not sure exactly the percentage, but I'm gonna guess probably around 80% of people listening are people around our age. And it's they're gonna love this. Good. And the people who ask the questions that you answered, they're gonna be very thankful. So again, on their behalf, thank you once again. Um, this was awesome. So we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jessica. So welcome. Once again, that was Jessica Rennie from Hone Athletics. Uh, Absolutely exceptional uh, interview. We're more than happy to be able to do that. Um, 
mental health is something that everyone should be able to talk about nowadays. And we think everyone should be on the same page about um, whether you're struggling with something or you know someone who's struggling. Um, don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, don't be afraid to talk to them. Um, hopefully this interview can help those, um, people just by the tiniest amount or help those people around them. Um, that was why we did this interview. We wanted to help people, but we also felt as though this was something that, um, everyone needs to be comfortable talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't really have much more to add on to that. Just that the best thing you can do for yourself in these days, especially during COVID, like you heard just talk about a lot, just talk to someone doesn't have to be about anything specific. Even if you are going through some things, just talking to someone about anything in general, the smallest things helps. So, um, yeah, hope you all enjoy that. Uh, for those of you who asked us questions to ask her and that we didn't see, cause it's still up right now as we speak. So, um, apologies to that if we missed a couple, but we'll make sure that we can try our best to answer them if, or if she mentioned something in the interview that will help with that. So, yeah. Uh, also, guys, um, we would love for you guys to share this episode just because of the importance of talking about mental health. Um, so hopefully uh, a few of you guys share it to your stories. Um, honestly, you don't have to share it to your social media. Just tell people about it. Um, tell people that this is just an interview with two 21-year-old guys um, talking about mental health from their perspective and talking with a professional and finding ways that we can all help one another um, when dealing with these certain things. So yeah, absolutely. All right. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Thanks guys. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.